You want to be wealthy? Act like the wealthy. Live like the wealthy. Spend your money on what the wealthy spend it on. Now, I say this to some people, and they instantly think they need a Bentley or Mercedes or a big house on the water or whatever it is for you. But that's not what I'm talking about. In fact, if that's what you're thinking or something similar to it, unless you change your mindset, you are going to be broke for a long, long time. And this is the way I used to think. I used to think, oh, I want to have what the wealthy have. I want to have all those things. And I would get them as soon as I possibly could, which was causing me to be broke for a lot longer than I needed to be. Today, it's all about self-discipline. So we're going to talk about doing what the wealthy do, spending less than you make. I'm Desmond, and this is your Mental Mastery Moment. This podcast is about changing the world around you by first changing the world within you. Each episode lasts less than 20 minutes and is published every weekday. My passion is to share what I've learned about personal development while remaining humble and open about the fact that just like you, I often struggle and occasionally fail. I'm real, raw, and ready to reach beyond my grasp. I hope you'll come along with me. Had a few more people grab that free one-page report on the five fears that are keeping you from reaching your goals. And I know the results for a lot of these people are going to be phenomenal because they're finally going to start to realize what it is that's keeping them from getting done on all those projects they started. And they're finally going to get some of those done. They're going to understand what's going on inside of them, all because of this one-page report and some subsequent emails that dig a little bit deeper into it. That's what I'm offering to you for free. Do what these other people have done. Grab your copy today. You can do that real quickly by sending a text to 33444 and just write the word in the text like you're you're texting to me. Write the word my free gift, all one word, no spaces, and I'll send you back the free report. If you can't do that, you're not in the United States, you can't use the texting service, you can still go to pdesmondadams.com slash five fears pdesmondadams.com slash five fears and you go the number five or spell it out it's up to you either both work and you can get this free report and start to understand what's going on inside of you understand the fears that are affecting you in your day-to-day do what everyone else is doing grab this report now's the time to do it all right i'm going to spend some time in this episode helping you view your money like you do your time There's no way you can possibly spend 25 hours in one day. You can't work 25, 26, 27 hours. You can't go lay on the beach for 27 hours in one day. There's absolutely no way you can do it. In fact, if you don't rest a part of that time, you're going to collapse. And when it comes to money, rest is like savings. You need to rest so you have the energy you need tomorrow. Most of us spend all the money that comes in. That's like working or using or spending all the time you get in one day. Now, yes, all the time you get in one day goes away, but you rest during some of that time, which is storing up energy for tomorrow. So you make sure you get the right amount of rest at the right time, like I talked about in yesterday's episode. If we did the same thing with our time that we do with our money, It comes in and we use it, use it, use it, use it, use it, use it until it's all gone, except maybe a little bit, but for most people, it's until it's all gone. We'd be in a hospital 
being treated for exhaustion. And that's what a lot of our bank accounts need. They need to be treated for exhaustion. We are working them to the very end, literally to the end of the supply. Talking to me here because this is the way I've lived for so long. So let's talk about what you can do. Some things you can do, exercising self-discipline in order to live like the wealthy where you spend less than you make. And you're going you're gonna to hate this because I know most people hate it. Start with a, you got it, a budget. We all have clocks that tell us how much time is left in the day. We need a money clock to tell us how much money is left in our spending, in our account. And, in, and not just in our account. You can say, well, I'll just look at my bank account, see what's left. But that doesn't take into account a lot of other things that are going to come up that aren't being subtracted. So you need some way of figuring out how much time's left in the day, how much how much is left in your money as well. And it, please, this is where we make this mistake. It doesn't need to be complex, at least not in the beginning. What you need to know is basically how much you're bringing in and how much is going out in fixed expenses. And you can use your past months to figure out your fixed expenses. Definitely. You can even probably know what those are, your mortgage, your car payment if you have one, your um, vehicle registration, auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, those fixed expenses. Write those down. Okay. Now you've got a certain amount of money left. Now you're going to have some variable expenses as well, such as groceries, school supplies, things along those lines. Anything that's variable, you need to figure out. Use your previous month's records to figure out what those variables are going to be. And then add in a little bit of a buffer. Maybe if you, and again, I don't want you to make this too complex, but if you look at the variation month to month on a lot of those, you'll be able to figure out what your buffer should be. You'll figure out what the average is, and then you'll figure out what the variation is each month, and you'll know what your top end. So figure out the top end and and go with that. So now you've got your income, you've got your fixed expenses, you've got your monthly or your periodic variable expenses, and now hopefully, hopefully, and maybe not, hopefully you have some left over. Here's what you do with that. Subtract your savings. I know you don't want to do that. Start now. I don't care how old you are. Start now. Take out that savings. If you can, start with 10%, not 10% of what's left, 10% of what you made. And if you really want to be smart, figure out 10% of what you made before taxes came out and other withholdings that came out because those that's not really what you earn. So you want to take 10% of what you earn. Now, I know you might not be able to do that. You might say, but it's gone. Everything's gone. I have nothing left for anything else. So figure out what it is for you. Start with baby steps. I always talk about starting with baby steps because people like us, people like you and I, who've struggled with this stuff in the past, we, we can't just go in and load up the barbell. I'm going to use an analogy. Sorry, I'm the king of analogies, some people said. Uh, you can't just load up the barbell with as much weight as you'd like to lift. you got to put on what you can lift right now. So figure out what you can do. But here's the deal. You can't subtract all your fun stuff and then figure out what you can do. You need to figure out what you can do right now and stretch into it a little bit, okay? You need to have enough for a short-term savings, which would be like your emergency fund. Your car breaks down. You don't have to put it on a credit card. Something goes wrong. Your kids need braces. Your kids uh, need new shoes or your water heater goes out in your house or something like that. You need to have that short-term emergency fund. And then you need to have a long-term plan for savings, and that's your retirement. Now, if you have a 401k or something, you may be doing that already. So calculate that into your savings. 
So now you've got a basic budget with the remainder of that money. And even with your variable expenses, the variable mandatory, mandatory variable expenses each month, use something, and I highly recommend this, use something called the envelope system. You're going to take out the cash from your bank. Now, you can do this virtually. There are apps to do this. But to really understand it in the beginning, really understand this, you're going to take several envelopes, as many as you need for each of the categories that you're going to be spending on. Maybe it's dining out. Maybe it's fast food for work or lunch or whatever that is. Maybe it's some clothes shopping that you want to do. And create envelopes and then partition that money out into each one of those envelopes. So if you put $500 into there for groceries, that's what you have for groceries. So if you have to go grocery shopping, you go into your stash, you grab out however much money you need, and you go to the store and you spend it. And that way you can look in that envelope and you can physically see how much is left for groceries. It's fantastic. Until you learn how to manage it. Once you've learned it, you don't have to do that anymore. It's just like training wheels on your bike. You don't have to have training wheels on your bike anymore because you understand how to balance. But in the beginning, you don't know how to balance that. So use a cash envelope system or some sort of equivalent to that so you can physically see what you have left and you won't go over. I hope I'm not ranting. I kind of felt like I was ranting during that. You know me. This is me talking to me on a lot of this stuff. And so I just want to make sure I'm not ranting, but I just want to, I also want to let you know that this is important and we overlook it and we'll do it tomorrow too many times, too many tomorrows come and go without us doing something like this. If you've got a better system, research it and do it, but don't overcomplicate it. When you overcomplicate it, you will procrastinate on it. It's just like perfectionism. It's perfectionism in your budget. I've done this so many times. You want to get it down to the exact right percentage and then you want to calculate and every day you're digging into that little budgeting thing and you're spending an hour every day just going over that and it becomes exhausting and so you end up just forgetting about it one day and then, oh, well, now I failed. It's lost and I oh, forget it. I'll have to get started on that again someday, but not today because it's going to be a lot to catch up on because I missed a couple. Simple, 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 something that'll keep you from spending more than you have. All right, here's another thing you can do that the wealthy do. Understand it's not just about saving. So many of us think we do our 40 hours a week or 50, whatever it is for your job, and that's it. This is a corporate groomed mentality. This is what large corporations want you to think. They want you to be their employees and nothing more. But you're a creative being. You have creative powers within you. You can tap into infinite creativity and you can provide services and products for people that would be of tremendous value to them and you can be compensated for that. So start to think outside of the, I worked 40 hours, I get X amount of dollars. Stop thinking like that. Start understanding earning money, earning money from your creative powers. And this is, this is the difference between the wealthy and the poor or the middle class, I should say. Middle class, we think, I'll just save as much as I can. And that's smart, wonderful first step. But you can compound that by not only saving, but earning more and finding out other ways that you can earn more. Look for more sources to earn income and look to earn more income from your current sources. Talk to your boss about needing a pay raise. Let them know your goals. Let them know what you want. They, if you're a good employee, they want to keep you and they will do whatever they can, whatever's in their power 
to keep you on board. So let them know. Look at developing a side hustle, something that you can do that you enjoy doing. Find that passion of yours. If that's in your job, great. But find that passion of yours that that you can jump into and start to do it. It doesn't need to be something that generates a huge amount of money. Let me tell you, I have a little side business that I've run for years and years and years. It doesn't generate a lot of money, but every month it brings in a few hundred dollars. This is an example for you. I created it, I'd have to think now, seven, eight, eight years ago. I put in a little bit of work, a lot of work in the beginning, but over the last several years, I put no work into this and it's generated, continue to generate several hundred dollars every single month and I don't put out any more work. Now, that's just a few hundred dollars. Take that money, start putting it into an investment where you start using compounding interest and that suddenly becomes an incredibly valuable asset for me. So uh, again, I feel like I'm ranting. So I'm going to back off a little bit, but I want you to think about that, not just savings, but earning, see what else you can earn. This whole idea of 40 hours and then we're done and that's, hey, i am got my job, you know, and I'm going to work till I'm 65 and then I'm done. I, I just... Again, someday I need to talk about this whole idea of retirement and where it comes from because I don't know why we retire. I, I, I mean, re- you could retire at 30 simply by doing what you love doing and generating an income from it. And then you can do that until the day you die and it would be no different. You know, that's that's not work really. And so we've kind of got to get out of that mindset. That's all groomed from from the industrial complex, from the from the industrial age as we moved through it in the 1900s and and we all all became factory workers that's kind of that mindset and and the wealthy people in the world want you to think like that because they want you to go home and pop open your beer and watch the game and get some rest and come back the next day because when you do that you're beholden to them you're you're indentured to them Ooh, indentured servants hmm. and so <laughs> you, you you're relying on them for your livelihood Start to think of yourself as a commodity, as something that's available to be sold as a resource. Your services, your ideas, what you can bring to the table, you're worth a lot. Start to understand that. Okay, here we go. Get rid of the debt on depreciating items. Wealthy people don't go into debt on items that are depreciating in value. They really control their debt overall. But on items that depreciate, like cars, like consumer credit cards, they don't spend their money on that. We all do. Why? Because we want to live like the wealthy live. I'm sorry. We want to spend like the wealthy spend, but we don't have the income to do that, so we got to borrow it. And you know what? The wealthy who run those banks that make it really easy for you to borrow and go spend, they're making a fortune off that interest, that compounding interest effect again, because you got to have what they have, but you got to have it today. So you borrow it and then you spend it. Now, the difference between depreciating items and appreciated items is huge. I'll give you a quick example. A home, a real property, real property, what's called real property, will appreciate. By and large, it will now in 2008, 2009, that we had, we had a slump. But if you were to have a piece of property over a 10-year period of time, even through that time, you're usually going to make money. Okay, and I know that's been a little volatile through that little, a lot volatile through that time, but this is a general rule. So I'll give you an example. On a $400,000 house that appreciates 5% a year in five years with compounding, it's going to be worth about $510,000. So it's going to go up in $110,000 
in five years. Now, if you put 20% down, and a lot of times you can put less down. So if you put 80000 down, that's 20% on a $400,000 home, and you earn $110,000 in five years, you're doing pretty great. So you subtract that 80 from that 110 because that 80, you, you invested 80 and you put it in. So you've got $30,000 that came out of nowhere. And you look at the interest deduction that you can get on the mortgage interest. Now, listen, you're going to buy a home. You're going to live in a home anyway, most, most likely. So you're going to have those expenses anyway. So when you spend it on real property, on a primary residence, you should be really focusing on getting that primary residence. The interest you're going to have to pay, yes, it's a cost but you're going to be able to deduct a portion of that from your income and you're going to reduce your tax burden. It'll change things for you dramatically when you start to itemize your taxes. If you're doing, uh, well, in the U.S., we do 1040 easy. Oh, man, you are paying way too much money. So think about that. Real property, that's huge. And leverage, so you're going to use the power of leveraging, the power of compounding. Now, maybe you know more. I'm not a financial guru. Listen, I'm not any kind of guru. I'm certainly not a financial guru. But this is one of the things that I've known, and over the years, it's worked to my benefit in a big, big way. All right? So I'm encouraging you to do that. Self-discipline is spending less than you earn, and I want you to understand that. The same thing goes for food. Self-discipline is eating less or the same that as you need. If you're trying to lose weight, eat less than what your body needs so it burns stored energy. Same with time. It's being frugal with your time, not squandering it, not wasting it on things that aren't beneficial, on depreciating time items, right? Don't squander your calories on items with no nutrition. Don't squander your time on things that don't benefit you. Don't squander your money on items with no return. This is how the wealthy are different from the rest of society. This is how the physically fit are different from the rest of society. And it all comes down to self-discipline. This is what I want people to understand. I've learned this. I'm 47, and I finally realized a few years ago that it really comes down to self-discipline. And that's why I'm putting together this course on self-discipline, because I believe it is at the core of everything we want to be successful at in life. Fitness, relationships, finances, everything, business, everything that you're doing, it comes down to self-discipline. It comes down to controlling yourself. So today, make a basic budget. Don't overcomplicate it, okay? Figure out what you got left and how you're going to spend it. Look at what you spend your money on each month and start to understand where it's going, all right? I'm about out of time. I don't want to go over my 20 minutes. I promise you these episodes will always be 20 minutes or less. So I'm going to wrap it up. Don't forget to grab your free one-page report on the five fears that are just tearing you up in life. You don't even know what they are right now until you read this one-page report. Send a text to 33444 and put in the text, my free gift, all one word, no spaces, and I'll send it to you. If you can't do that because you're outside the U.S., go to pdesmondadams.com slash five fears. All right, thanks so much. May your reach always extend beyond your grasp, except when it comes to spending money. 